Welcome to The Prism Effect, a podcast with me, Larry Knoll, lead pastor of The Light in Kent. Just as prisms break light up into its spectral colors, I hope to help you discover the scripture's meaning for your life. The power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
Come on. Oh, speak the name of Jesus. Oh, praise the name of Jesus. Oh, he is able. He is willing. He has power. Oh, sing that again. His name. His name is power. parts to our ministry. We have spark, fuel, and burn, and you're at the spark service this morning to get the fire started for the week. The second part of our ministry is fuel, and that's where we feed that fire and get closer with each other and closer with God, and we do that through TURN or the Upper Room Network. And we also have, you know, like a ladies group that we've been doing on Monday nights, which has been awesome. <laughs> um, and, you know, the men do their thing with the men's rally and things like that to get closer. Yeah. Um, and then we have burn, which is uh, when we take what God's done in us and we take it out to the community and to other people. So, Alex, can you come do offering? Thanks. <laughs> I know. If you would love to help us out, there's two ways to give. Um, you'll find donation envelopes in the seats in front of you, so you're welcome to put your donations in the envelope and um, drop them off in the box, or you can go to thelightandkent.com and click on the little hand that says donate. Well done. Well done. So Larry and I are going to tag team on the... Um, 101 things that you need to know. We have quite a list today, so might want to take some notes. Um, do you want to go first or do you want me to? Okay. So, you, this is in no particular order, so I don't know what to tell you, Don. Good luck. Good luck. So, um, as Kelsey said, Mondays at 7.30, we have a Zoom meeting for the ladies if you're interested. Um, let me know, and I will uh, put your name on the list and get you the Zoom account uh, information to log on. And it has been awesome, and uh, it's just 
bringing us closer and closer together and we just love we just love that so if you're interested let me know um nancy back in the back raise your hand has these little flyers it is from kent social services and they are in need of easter basket fillers and here's a little list of you know the things that they're looking for if you can help them out uh and drop off your stuff here on the next sunday or two sundays from now um, that would be much appreciated. We'll make sure that Kent Social Services gets that. And then if you did not fill out your new information or updated information form, if you could do that and either give it to me or Nancy uh, today, that would be great. Um, we need to update our, our list. It's kind of outdated and I get very confused easily. So don't anybody say anything about that. And then um, what else? Oh, Easter. Monday Thursday if you don't know what Monday Thursday is um, we have a service on Monday Thursday it's a Thursday for Good Friday and we have an actual Seder-esque type of meal afterwards and Sophia is helping me with the sign-up sheet she's gonna help me organize all the food because we ask for people to bring stuff um, we have a service that is just amazing mainly because the women plan it just mm -hmm. saying and ouch Thank you, Richard. That was perfect timing. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you did that. Um, but anyway, it's a beautiful service. Uh, we have we read scripture, we do worship songs, and uh, we learn about what the food that we're going to eat means and what it meant, you know, during the seder. And uh, it's just a wonderful time of fellowship. Uh, and uh, so, see Sophia. She's going to pass around a list if you want to. Um, there's a list of items. That we need so it's not like random so if you could sign up see her that would be great we're excited about that and that will be on april 14th at 6 30 here at the church april 14th so it's amazing put it on your calendar yes we want as our last thing to do it's not really something you need to know but we want to do something together, and that's lift up uh, the church in Ukraine. Amen? And they need our prayers. And I want you to know I received a report Friday that God is doing miracles in Ukraine. Did you know that? Yeah, you won't hear that on the news. So this is from the ground. This is Christians, pastors in Ukraine that are reporting what's going on and how God is doing some things. I'll just share a few things because right now, one of the first things is God, people's hearts are open to the gospel like they've never seen before. Now, I posted something, I think, uh, to some of you yesterday, a Billy Graham, a Franklin Graham crusade, rather, in Ukraine a few, about five years ago or so, and a stadium filled with people and Michael W. Smith singing um, the Alleluia song, and it was unbelievable. So there is a large group of people that uh, are followers of Christ, but even more now, God is using them to bring people uh, to the Lord. In fact, one man is, he enlisted in the army, he's a pastor, he enlisted in the army when all this started happening, and he is holding many services with his battalion. And one guy, after he talked to a group of men about the, in, the Lord and giving their hearts, he said, can you lead me in the sinner's prayer? He said, I need that stuff, you know. 
I need what you have. I need that relationship with God. Also, there's a great power of worship and praise. Now, I can't even imagine this, but they decided to have an uh, eight-hour worship service, okay? And so they were in this bomb shelter, and uh, they decided to have this extended eight-hour worship time they had planned. And, I mean, you know, they got bombs going off, missiles, you know, everything going on outside. They could hear it. And after an hour of this, it all stopped. And it stopped the entire, the rest of the time, the attack, whatever was going on. It was complete silence up on the ground level. And one hour after they finished, it all started again. And they really felt like God had given them a time of peace. And um, they said, vertical praise has built a dome over us. Isn't that amazing? And another thing is, another report is how God is fighting their battles for them. And one of the members of the church saw this with his own eyes. There were Russian paratroopers coming down out of this plane. And all of a sudden, this gust of wind came and blew them back to the Russian side. They were supposed to land just <laughs> on the Ukraine side, but the wind came and blew them back into the Russian territory. That's pretty amazing. Another thing is that these ships were coming in into Odessa from the Black Sea. They were going to make landfall and attack. And God created this storm. They really believe it was God. Out of nowhere comes this storm. And for four days, those ships could not come near the shore, which gave then the Ukraine's time, the Ukrainian people time to build up their defenses against that. And uh, I'll tell you what, there's great fear in a lot of the Russian army. They're reporting on some of those that were have been um, held captive, that were, have been captured and they're just saying it's so much like the in the Bible when God filled the enemies of Israel with dread in battle. So it's just absolutely amazing. God is moving. Do you hear this? God is moving through this. And, um, you know, when God is moving, on, he's more powerful than any force, than any evil. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. So let's just bow our heads. We want to pray for them. Just a short prayer. And just ask God to be with them. Father God, you've done incredible things for us here in, as individuals in the United States and as a church. And God, you've done great things in Ukraine. We're seeing this now. We're getting these reports. We wouldn't even know what was going on if it wasn't for this war going on, God. And you're doing great. You're continuing to do great things. We hear about it. And we thank you. We praise you for what you're doing. And we pray that your name, the name of Jesus, would be exalted over Ukraine. We pray it in Christ's name. And everybody said, and everybody said, all right, let's stand and let's worship the Lord today.
see your face in every sunrise the colors of the morning are inside your eyes the world awakens in the light of the day i look up in the sky and see you're beautiful
stay right here. Some of you are seeing and experiencing God's beauty right now. Just stay right there. Just sing that again, Tim, that chorus, you're beautiful. Oh God, we worship you, love your beauty. Thank you, Lord. You're beautiful. You're so beautiful. I see your face. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. Yes, you're beautiful. I see your face. I know you're beautiful. want us to remain where we're at right right here in God's presence some of you are have just entered in in a beautiful way I just feel God speaking to us so clearly about his who he is 
We're singing about his beauty. We're singing about his character. Magnifying him in this way. And I'm telling you, God is making it very clear to me that he's speaking to us about the ugliness, first of all, that is outside of us that we have no control over. But in the midst of the ugliness, you will find his beauty. Now, I don't know what that means to you, but that to me, that means there will be times that you want it's indescribable but in the struggles that we're facing and we will continue to face we will see God working we will see him show up in ways that we can't imagine and it will be beautiful does that make any sense to you that in our time of greatest need when everything the job is ugly the neighbors are acting ugly the family is being ugly in other words nothing is right things going on in our country things going on in our economy that will concern you you can focus on that or you can focus on him and who he is and his beauty that will save you that will keep you from going crazy this is what God is saying today, just through this song. And he's beautiful through us. That's the second thing. He's beautiful through us. So I don't care what you've done. I don't care what faults you have. It doesn't matter your struggles. God can use you. So he can beautify where you work. He can beautify your house. He can beautify... He can create an atmosphere through you if you allow him. Because you're imperfect, but God will still use you to bring his beauty. Does that make sense to anybody today? So if that's for you, receive that. If that's for you, this is what the Lord is saying today. You will see him work in beautiful ways in the midst of all this. And also, he will use you to beautify wherever you go. Wherever your feet go, God can use you. Okay? God will use you. God, we thank you for just speaking into my heart today. Something you want to share with this congregation. It's not just a song. So when we hear this song, it should remind us of what you've said. Lord, you've made us something beautiful. Now, what will come of that? That's the important thing. How will that be used? So we give you thanks for your Holy Spirit speaking to us. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. Amen. I believe that was the Lord speaking to, our, to the church today. I really do. When God speaks to me... It's not in words, but it's in pictures, okay? And I don't get it every day. But right when we were worshiping, it was like, bam, bam, I could see this and this. Just, poof. I was like, you must be speaking. So somebody needs to hear what I said today. So just receive it if it's for you. And if not, just pack it away for later. You might need that later.
God cares about you, and that's why he speaks in, through the Holy Spirit in this way. The way I do it is probably way different than you probably heard other pastors or people with giftings do it. I don't pray like everybody else, and I don't prophesy like everybody else. Okay, God just speaks to me, and I just talk, okay? So it's not exciting and loud, but it's just what God gives me, okay? So don't, you know, I, I want you to be able to recognize what God is doing because he does things in different ways through different people. Well, today we're, first of all, I want to welcome, you might be going, what is going on? What did I just turn on? This is the streaming service. If you're not here, you're, you're watching our service that we stream on Sunday mornings. This is The Light in Kent. My name is Larry Knoll, and this is the church at The Light in Kent. Can everybody give a big <laughs> clap and a welcome? These are the nicest people in the world. I'm not kidding. And they, will, they love each other, and we would love you if you came. We love you anyhow, but we would show that love in a tangible way. So if you're here in the area of Kent, Ohio, please stop by, be with us. And I guarantee you it's a lot better here than it is on TV, okay? Not because our technical crew isn't great, but it's just there's a wonderful feeling here. Isn't there, guys? There's a wonderful feeling. You feel that from the, the people that are here and from the presence of God whenever you come into this place. So um, thank you again. If you wouldn't mind, hey, you can uh, leave us a message through our website, thelightinkent.com, and uh, you can, you know, put a prayer request on there, or if you'd like one of our torn devotionals, I'm speaking uh, uh, through a seven-week series. This is our third week on torn, which is about the veil that was torn, the huge curtain that was torn in the temple. So we have a devotional. We still have a few left. If you'd like one, we can send that out to you. Just give us your name and address and send us about, you know, $50,000 and we'll get... No, just kidding. It's yours to have, okay? All right. Well, we are working through this series. I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to read a scripture from there that will set today's message up about the access that we have. We have an assurance of access. So this was this is not a given with the people of God throughout the centuries that they had access. That's why they had the priests that would take their sacrifice that they would bring to the temple. And, you know, God set this up that if you had sin in your life, and everybody does, how many have never sinned before? Thank you for being truthful. So if you had sin in your life, you had to make it right with God, and he demanded a blood sacrifice. And at that time, it was done through something called atonement. And what that was was bringing a... Um, First fruits, we remember we taught about that. They would bring their best and their first uh, of their uh, offspring of their lamb, of their sheep, which would be a lamb, and they would offer that unto the Lord, okay? And um, that's just the synopsis of it. There's more to it than that, of course. And they would bring that, and the priest would sacrifice that on a temple, uh, in the temple on an altar and they would take the blood from that they would drain it out and they would I don't want to get too graphic but they would sprinkle it then on the horns of the altar and it was an incredible but all that was 
All that was, everybody, was setting up for Jesus. It was a forerunner of what was going to happen when Jesus came. It was saying, this is the way to God, but this is temporary. I'm going to give you access to me permanently one day. Okay, And so all that was just saying, there's a Messiah coming. There's a Savior of the world coming, not just for the Jews, but for the entire world. So Hebrews 10, 19, let's take a look at that. Verses 19 through 22. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. How many are familiar with the Wizard of Oz movie? Okay, I've read the books, but they're different than the movie. Okay. Yeah, the Wizard of Oz books, not sure what drug he was on when he wrote that, okay? It was, it's a little weird. But if you watch the movie, it's kind of fun, all right? Mary and I, we went and saw this oh, several years ago. They showed it in the theater again. And they do this every so many years. They bring it back to the theater, and it's always on a one-night showing, so it is packed. And it is amazing. If you've never seen it on a big screen, it's fun. You'll see things you never saw before. But, you know, it's this movie starring Judy Garland. It's about this bored farm girl who lives in Kansas with a little dog whose name is? Okay. Can you name the disciples? See, it's funny how we know things and then we don't know things, right? I'm sure Toto will get us into heaven. So Dorothy... Long story short, Dorothy gets swept into the land of Oz by a cyclone, and she meets a living scarecrow, okay, a man made entirely of tin, I'm just letting this sink in, and a cowardly lion while they're trying to get to the Emerald City to see the great wizard. Each one believes that by seeing the wizard, what's going to happen is their needs will be met and their problems will be gone forever. Because they all have needs, each one of these characters, including Dorothy. Her need is get back to Kansas, all right? But when they arrive at the door of the city, let me read to you the exact movie script. It's really cool. So they arrive to the door of the city finally, you know, and you know that scene, and you see the Emerald City, and they're getting closer, and then the next thing is they cut it, and there they are. And they knock on the door, that big green door, and the wizard's guard answered, and he's like, Rah! the wizard says, go away. Pfft, slams the door, goes back in the palace. And Dorothy and her friends are like, whoa, you know, go away, go away. And the scarecrow looks like we came a long way for nothing. And Dorothy Gale, she cries. She sits down on the stoop there. She cries. She says, I was so happy. I thought I was on my way home. Boo-hoo. As a child, okay, I didn't get to see this very often because it was always shown on Sunday nights. And we had church on Sunday nights. But I can imagine, as, as I grew up, I saw it later on when it was available on VHS, which was exciting. 
and we could watch it anytime we wanted on our VHS, okay? Kids, ask your parents about that one, all right? And that's really, if you watch a child watch this, you watch like your grandkids watch this, they're so sad with Dorothy because they don't know where this is going. And they're like, whoa, whoa, you know, and they're just all tied up emotionally in, in this because the whole story had built up to this point. This was going to be the happy ending, right? They go to see the wizard, but the door gets slammed on them when they go to see the wonderful wizard. Now it turns out he's the great and terrible Oz when they get there. Hmm. And with all of his power and ability, they don't have access to him. Boom, the door is shut. See, that's what we all want, isn't it? That's what we all long for is access. Since Adam and Eve were banished from the garden, when, from God's presence, from the tree of life which was in the garden, we have longed as human beings for access. This is what we want. But let me tell you this. The presence of God is a dangerous place. Can I say that again? The presence of God is a dangerous place. What? Wait, what are you saying, Pastor Larry? Well, here's the problem. We are born sinners. The Bible makes it very clear. All have sinned. All have sinned, okay? We've come short of God's glory. We are not holy. And so we are born sinners, and the fact is sinful humans cannot walk into his presence. Bad things will happen when you get sin and holiness together. Holiness wins. It does, it does not get along with sin. God is a holy God. Can we, do we have any conception of what that means? And you see, as human beings, we're constantly trying to enter his presence on our own terms. I don't like that church because I don't like the things they teach that's not my favorite part. I'm going to go to this church because I like it better. The things they teach, I like better. When did you get to choose what is right and what makes you feel better about the Word? The Word is the Word. It should be taught 100%. Whatever's in the Word should just be taught. And you deal with it. God doesn't adapt to you. His ways don't change because of how you feel even though you might have some strong feelings. So it's not on our own terms. Hebrews 10.31 says this, it is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Doesn't sound good right now, does it? And there are clues about the terribleness of God that's throughout Scripture. For instance, Moses goes to Mount Sinai, the Ten Commandments. You remember that? Exodus 19, it says, hey, take heed to yourselves. That you go, don't go up the mountain. Don't touch the border of it. He's telling his people, do not go near the mountain. I'm going up, but don't you go up. You remember when we went up? He had to put something over his head so he couldn't even look at God. Remember that? He could, he had to hide. He Actually, he had to hide. And then when he came down, he had to, have, had to veil so people couldn't look up on the glory of God that was on him. But when he was up there, he had to he had to like hide in this crack in the rock when God walked by. 
Get your story straight, Larry. And it says, whoever touches the mount, if you disobey, and it's telling the children of Israel who are out there camped out, I'm going up the mountain. And if you even touch the base of the mountain, oh boy. Oh boy. Talk about French fries. Whoever touches the mount will be put to death. Don't even put your hand on it. I think he was serious, don't you? That when the presence of God comes, you're not fit for the presence of God the way that you are. The presence of God, the fact of the matter is, is not, as safe, is not safely accessible for those who are unclean. And we are basically unclean, aren't we? We're unholy because of sin, because of disobedience, because it's our nature. Habakkuk 1.13 says, Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. I'm trying to help you here understand what this is about. All right, it doesn't sound, first of all, you're saying, this doesn't sound like I have access. This doesn't sound like God wants me. It sounds like I can't, he's an alien presence that if I get into his presence, I'm doomed. I don't know, does this make anybody feel uncomfortable? That we talk about God in this way? Am I portraying God as some uncaring being, possibly? He's not uncaring, everybody. He's just holy. He is who he is. The sun is hot. If you get too close to the sun, it will fry you into atoms. It will just destroy you. Do you understand that, right? God is holy, and if you come into his presence, it's nothing personal. <laughs> but your sin will cause you to be destroyed in his presence. You can't exist in God's presence as a sinner. It's just not safe for sinners to be in his presence. So I, I, I love this illustration c.s lewis he i mean i read this these books to my kids years ago the lion the witch in the wardrobe you know the chronicles of narnia and in the lion and the witch in the wardrobe there's this one part where the four children the sons and daughters of adam and eve right so they are the stars of the story along with the main character aslan and they go through this wardrobe. Just bear with me if you haven't read this, the books. They go through a wardrobe and they're playing hide-and-go-seek in this house. And when they go through the wardrobe, they go through the coats and they just keep going. It's not that deep, but they keep going. And all of a sudden, there's a, they're in the wintertime somewhere in the woods and there's a, a lamppost. And it's the dead of winter. Now, they were like in the springtime or the summer where the story was taking place. So everything changed. They're in a different world, everybody. And a long story short is they're lost. They don't know what they're doing. And they end up finding the beaver family. Not leave it to beaver, but real beavers that talk. Because the animals talk in the land of Narnia. It's just natural there. It's not a big deal. Now, I heard tell of a family over here that just got a dog who makes scra uh, screechy eagle sounds, okay? Maybe this is a Narnian dog, and he's, his vocal cords haven't developed, and he, he'll be talking soon. It could be, just, you know, it could happen. But it was natural in Narnia for the animals to talk. 
So I'm just trying to help you with this. And so the children run into the beavers and they're like, hey, you got to go into hiding because the evil snow queen, the ice queen, she is on the rampage and she's got her guards out here and they're taking they're looking for you. They heard you're here. You're a threat to her. And they're like, we're just kids. So they get them and take them to their house. And that's where Mrs. Beaver, she starts preparing uh, the children. And you got Lucy, Susan, Edmund, and Peter. And she's trying to prepare them to meet the great lion who talks, Aslan, okay? And so Susan, so she's telling them about Aslan, and they'd never heard of Aslan. They're from this world. And she says, uh, is, is he a man? She doesn't know who Aslan is. And, and Mrs. Beaver goes, Aslan, a man? Certainly not. I tell you, he is the king of the wood. He's the son of the great emperor beyond the sea. Don't you know who the king, who is the king of the beast? Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. And so then Susan goes, ooh, okay. She says, I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel, feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. And that you will, dearie. And no mistake, said Mrs. Beaver. If there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, they're either braver than most or else just silly. Then he isn't safe, said Lucy. <laughs> safe, said Mrs. Beaver. Don't you hear, don't you hear what I'm saying? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. Mm. He's the king, I tell you. See, God is not safe, but he is good. Can we get that concept? He's so powerful, so holy. He is not safe, but he's good. We, we have a little trouble with that one because that's not how we think here in this real world, okay? In Narnia, it's not a problem. In God's, God's kingdom, it's not a problem. In his spiritual kingdom. In that goodness, you see, because in God's goodness, he has provided a safe, a very safe access into his presence. He's not a safe place to be if we are a sinner, but he's given us a way to be safe in his presence. Does that make sense to anybody? Doesn't that make him good then? I want you in my presence, but it's on my terms. It's on my terms. Hebrews 10, 19 through 20 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that's his body. Wait, what? The curtain, that's his body? Wait, I thought the curtain was fabric. That it was 60 by 30 feet. That it was, it, it was as thick as a man's hand. That it took 300 priests to carry this thing. What is this now? The curtain, his body? First of all, let's go back and look at a word. A new and living way. A new and living way. New means freshly slain. Freshly slain. It's like at this very moment, right now, at this very moment, Jesus died for your sins. Right now. 
It's not history, guys. It's like right now he died for your sins. It's a new and living way. It's like right now the veil was torn. A new and living way. It never gets old. It's always current. It's happening even now. Okay, so think about your fuel gauge on your car. Try not to think about it because it costs a lot to fill it, right? So a quarter tank, we always refill it. When it gets down to a quarter tank, we have this like rule. Oh, we don't wait for the empty thing. It's like, well, we got to fill it. You know, three-quarter tank. Got to put it in. Bite the bullet. It's not that way with God's love and compassion. It's not that you get down and then I got to get to church and get refilled or I got to get the, you are always full of God's love and compassion because it's right now. Does that make sense? Now you might feel low. You might feel drained. That's your fault. You didn't go into his presence today. Maybe sometimes that's our fault. Sometimes it's just life, but we need to go back into his presence. But God's love and compassion is always on full with you. It's never down to a quarter of a tank. The light never comes on. Ding, Nancy, time to go get that beautiful little red car refilled. Get that Equinox. We just had the Equinox yesterday, by the way. Equal moons. All right. We don't run empty. His compassions, his mercies, they never fail. Every morning I am filled up with God. He's good, isn't he? He's good. He's terrible. He's scary, but he's good. I don't have to be scared of him because I belong to him. So I ain't scared no more. This is the new and the living way that the, that the word is talking about. You see, it's not like that, though, that they had seen this for centuries. That's the problem for centuries. It was not this way with God. Only the high priest was allowed into what? The holy, say it, the holy of holies. So the drums, let's say back here, this Warren, where you sit on your throne is the holy of holies, okay? And you couldn't get back there. There was this curtain. Don't come in. And we're serious. Look how thick it is. You can't hear what's going on. You can't smell what's going on. It's a big secret. And you can't come in or poof. All right. And once a day, only, I mean, once a year was the only time they could come into this. And it was only one person, the high priest. Once a year on the Day of Atonement. That was it. And on the Day of Atonement, people got used to seeing this and Here's what it would speak to them. These two truths, two truths that the depth of their sin made it impossible to ever go in there because you're a dirty, rotten sinner. You can't ever go in there. Don't even apply. Need not apply. You can't come in. That's what it was saying to them. There's only a small group that could get in and only one of that small group qualified. We hope we're still going to put bells on him to make sure if he dies, you know, and a rope on his ankle so we can pull him out just in case. All right. The other thing that it would, it spoke to them is that the holiness of God made it impossible 
for him to allow them to enter his presence. It was impossible for you to get there. And, it, and you say, nothing's impossible for God. Apparently so. He couldn't even allow you into his presence. Because of his holiness. Then the blood of the sacrifice that was, on, that was offered on that day only covered atonement. It just covered their sins. So, I heard that. Just covered their sins. Okay, how many believe that when you got saved and Jesus came into your heart, God forgave you and your sins were removed? In other words, when he looks at you, it's like, what sin are you talking about? See, God cast, it's gone. It didn't happen that way then. It just covered the sin. In other words, okay, there won't be a penalty, but we're not expunging your record. You remember that? We're not going to expunge your record, but we will cover it. It's all taken care of. It's paid for now. You did what you were supposed to do. In the new and living way, Jesus is the sacrifice. This is the cool thing. And it's not offered in the sacrifice of Jesus is not offered in the Holy of Holies, but upon the cross. The cross. The sacrifice not offered in the Holy of Holies, but offered on the cross. And this very thing would take away our sin forever. This is new. For centuries we had to do it this way and we still had the guilt. We still are the same old people. We're not new creations, but the penalty is gone for now until next year when I bring my accumulation of sins that I've written down in my little black book and I, you know, here we go. This is what this sacrifice is for. Whew, made it to another year. And where God goes, now from now on, Jesus will be the sacrifice. And from now on, your sins are forgotten. They're forgiven. They're wiped out daily. New. Just like it happened right now. That's a, I don't know. If, you old-time Christians, you know, they've been Christians for five years or more. You're probably not amazed by this. But this is amazing when you really think about it. Jesus, our high priest perfect, sinless, and he offered up himself. The priest had to take sacrifices in. Our high priest took himself in there because he's the only one that qualified. And our high priest, Jesus, took himself and offered himself to be that sacrifice, the once and all for all time payment of our sins. He dies on the cross. He, rise, he rises again from the dead, and now he sits on the right hand of the Father, praying for you, praying for me, interceding, the Bible says, okay? So it's a new and living way because it's a life-giving way. This is all about life now. It's not about death anymore. It's about life. He breathes life into our dead souls, thank God. Makes a big difference, doesn't it? When you come to, come to the Lord, your soul was dead everybody did you know that you were spiritually dead the bible says and when you come to him christ brings the holy he brings the holy spirit into your life and breathes life into it through the holy spirit oh that's amazing that's why that's why you think differently that's why you have a different awareness okay 
That's what the world doesn't understand. That's what people who don't know the Lord don't understand. And let me tell you, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit gives us this confidence. When the Bible says we have confidence, come, you know why we have confidence? Because the Holy Spirit. He gives us that ability that when the enemy attacks us with accusations, you can't. I wouldn't bother having my devotions, not the way you talked yesterday. You know, you were letting them things fly, all those bombs. You had every right. You had to get it off your chest. Now you can't go and those same lips can't praise God. Hmm? Hello, anybody been there? The things you thought about that person, they did, you know. You had to, you, it's okay. It's all right. But you, you know, I can't go into the presence of God now because I've been thinking these hateful things. I got to let it burn off a while and then I'll go back in, you know. See, those are accusations. Not That's not the Holy Spirit. You know who that is? That is the enemy who does not want you to come into the Holy of Holies with God. And so he will accuse you. He is the accuser, but he's also what? The liar, the father of lies. And so he will do whatever. But the Holy Spirit overrides this and goes, shut up. I'm a child of the king. I am blood bought. I am not perfect, but I'm his and he is mine. And I can go into the Holy of Holies. Anybody with me on that? Hebrews 10, 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. So remember, confidence is feeling like you can speak your mind. Remember I said that a few weeks ago. When we say we have confidence, we have the ability. We feel like it's okay to just come before the Lord and speak our mind. Are you crazy? This holy God just speak your mind? No, I'm not crazy. It says I can. So I'm going to. God help me. I'm a mess today. Look what I did yesterday. Oh. Oi. <laughs> oh, wait. You know. See, the old way was sprinkle the altar with blood of the sacrificed animal. And all it would do was atone for our sin, right? That was the old way, but the new way is our hearts are sprinkled clean, the Bible says, with the blood of Jesus. Whew. Do you think that the blood of Jesus is powerful? So if your heart is sprinkled like the altar, the horns of the altar were sprinkled, then something powerful has happened in your life. And the veil in the temple was torn. We know that it was this whole thing is about that we're, we're doing all these weeks. It was torn when Jesus died. The Bible records that. But it did not open the way to God. The fact that that temple veil was torn open did not open the way to God. Here's what opened the way to God. When Jesus's body was torn on the cross, that's what it means when it says that he is the veil. Remember that part I read a little while ago? And I said, well, that's crazy. What are we talking about? When Jesus' body was torn and placed on the cross, everybody, that was the veil that was torn. And that, that is what has given us access to God. I don't know about you. That's pretty exciting. There's some incredible truth here. Jesus made a way for the, us by opening the wall that kept us. It says his veil of flesh was torn. Oh, my goodness. Where we're going to be getting to that is the closer we get to Easter. 
But because of that, we have confidence to enter the most holy of holy place by what? Tell me, the blood of Jesus. Say it, the blood of Jesus. Okay, so that's how we can come only. That's, that's why there is only one way, everybody. There is not different ways to God. I'm sorry if you don't agree with this. I'm sorry if this offends you. It's just not my teaching. It's the word of God. I believe the word of God is truth. And God doesn't speak out of this mouth and then out of that mouth and out of this way, different things. How would that be truth, everybody? There's, there can only be one way, God's way. And I don't know if this sounds a little gory and offensive, what we're talking about, but the cross is offensive to those who are far from God. But I'm telling you, to us, the followers of Christ, the cross is the only way. It's the life-giving way. So it's the torn flesh of Jesus, basically, that allows us unworthy sinners to come before a holy God confidently. John 14, 6 says, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There you go. Can there be any other way, everybody? Can there be another way to God? Can there be another way to eternal life? We're not talking about religion here. We're talking about eternal life. We're not talking about what church you belong to. We're just talking about eternal life. So these words of Jesus might be offensive to people. Here's the thing. Are you trying to make God into your own image? What do you mean? It's like I said before. Are you trying to make God fit into your ideals the way you see it? Are you trying to make God fit your philosophy of life? Well, God's so good, he would never send anybody to hell. Maybe we should do a study on that. <laughs> and we should look at that. Because I would hate for you to feel that way and think that way and end up there. Because maybe nobody's told you that. That's not true. So the words of Jesus in John 14, 6 can lead to one of three conclusions. That either Jesus was an absolute liar, that Jesus was crazy as a loon in what he was proclaiming about himself, or he was who he said he was. It's got to be one of those three things, everybody. He's either lying, he's crazy, or he was right. See, Jesus is no wizard behind the curtain. Aren't you glad? Yeah. <laughs> he's no Jesus is not safe, but he's good. Aren't you glad? Yeah. He is the anchor of our soul. And we're going to be talking about that next week. That's what we're going to be talking is we all have an anchor. Jesus is our Lord and our Savior, and his blood has made us clean and gives us the assurance of access. And I, I want to read something to you. And maybe Tim can come up here. I didn't really go over this with him. I just had dinner with him last night and said, I might do this. So, Tim, yeah, just just give me some guitar in the background here. Because you probably have heard this, but I want to read this today in closing. Take about five minutes and then we'll have prayer. But I heard this black minister. His name is S.M. Lockbridge. And he wrote this. And I can't play him doing it because of copyrights. 
uh, infringements and things that would take place, and they would block us on YouTube. So I'm just going to read this to you the best I can. And um, it's called, That's My King. Have you heard this before? All right. The Bible says my king is a seven-way king. He's the king of the Jews. That's a racial king. He's the king of Israel. That's a national king. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings, and he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. Well, I wonder, do you know him? Do you know him? David said, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seen telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his shoreless supply, and no barrier can hinder him from pouring out his blessings. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful, and he's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He stands in the solitude of himself. He's awesome. He's unique. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the supreme in higher criticism. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the cardinal necessity of spiritual religion. He's the miracle of the age. He's the superlative of everything good that you choose to call him. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient Savior. I wonder, do you know him today? He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he strengthens and he saves and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the leopards. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers captives. He defends the feeble and blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the aged, thank God. And he rewards the diligent and he beautifies the meek. I wonder, do you know him? Well, my king is the king. He's the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring to wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. Do you know him? All right. His office is manifold. His promise is sure. His light is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. I wish I could describe him to you, but he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. And you can't get him out of your mind and you can't get him off your hand. You can't outlive him. You can't live without him. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out that they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. And the witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree. And Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him. Can I get a praise? Yeah, that's my king. Father, yours is the kingdom and the glory forever and ever and ever and ever. How long is that? Well, when you get through with all the forevers, it's amen and amen. Let's give the Lord praise today. That's my king.
Father God, we love you. We honor you. We read all that. We say all that. Why? It's because you deserve our praise. You deserve us, Lord, to honor you in this way and to realize just who we are. We are nothing without you, but with you, we belong to your kingdom. We belong to your family, Lord, because of the work of Jesus Christ. Thank you that the veil was torn between us and you, that we can enter your holy presence, that we can come before you because of the blood of Jesus that never loses its power. Father, your mercy, your compassion are as fresh today. They are new, new, the word says. We thank you, Lord, that we never run down, that that never gets empty in our life. Where we live in you is just as good as when we met you the first time. You continue to supply everything that we need, God. And so we come to you in this new and living way that Jesus opened up for us through his veil of flesh. And in his name, and cleansed by his blood, we can come before you. And I thank you, Lord, for giving us the assurance of access to you at any time, any place, for any reason. And everybody said, Amen. Let's give God praise one more time. Thank you, Lord, for your precious blood. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you. We thank you. Amen and amen. It's been so good. If you're watching today, not able to be with us, we have this great study that we do together. And throughout the week, there's comments, people sharing what they have written in their daily devotional. It's been so exciting. Let me encourage you to be a part of that. I see a lot of you were looking at it. But man, you know, be a part of it. Join in, make a comment. Even if it's an amen or something, you know, just uh, just join in on this. It doesn't have to be long uh, theological answers or anything. We're not looking for that. We're just looking for participation. Hey, we see you looking at it, but join with us and um, study through this. Each week, you know what I'm going to preach on because you already studied it like I did. I'm studying exactly what you're studying in preparation. And I'm telling you, next week we're going to have a good time. It's all about... The anchor. We all have an anchor. And we read, we talked about that earlier. Everybody has an anchor. So um, we love that you joined us through the streaming, through YouTube, Facebook. And uh, we invite you to come again with us next, next week. Uh, we have it live at 11 o'clock every Sunday. And uh, we are really live here at 1045. And uh, you can enjoy a time of fellowship before church, and then uh, we get started with the main part of the service at 11. So we'd love to meet you, love to have you here. Um, Again, if you wouldn't mind liking, subscribing to our videos, it would help us out. Um, And um, we just want to say God's blessings on you, and that God will be with you, and that the Word of God will strengthen you and draw you closer to Him. Amen. All right. Are you ready to go before the throne? Does anybody need to come before confidently and ask today for something in your life, in your family, maybe at work, um, something you're dealing with externally or internally? Anybody need prayer today? Yes. 
Thank you for joining us today. The original version of this message can be found on our website at thelightingkent.com. For more information, you can also reach out to us at info at thelightingkent.com or message us on Facebook.